So, yeah, that's it. Yeah, there was a, um, some cool, cool words that's coming out this morning. I'm a number guy, so the, the God is moving us from six to seven was, was, was pretty cool and pretty special. So maybe, maybe I think somewhere through the preach, I think that is something that Jesus wants to touch this morning. So um, Ron, uh, two weeks ago when he was preaching, he, he spoke on the disciples um, that were sleeping at the time of Golgotha. You guys know Jesus is about to get crucified. It's quite a heavy, intense moment for him. In fact, all of history has worked up to this moment, and since that time, all of history is a reflection of what happened there. It is the center point of everything of all time, the crucifixion of Jesus, the son of all mankind he's about to carry. And uh, um, he understands this cup. He understands the suffering uh, um, just, just imagine. I don't know how many of you have ever feel depressed. There might be some of you, right? So imagine depression, which is a curse, which is not from God initially. Imagine your depression that you're carrying. Now imagine the depression of all people of all time on one man at one moment. He had to carry all of that. The cup that he wanted to be passed away was more than just a couple of nails being drilled through him. It was carrying the sin and the pain of the world. I mean, it's like you can't imagine, you know, what it is. And as he's laboring before God to, 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 to help him through this time, his disciples are sleeping, right? It's like just just doesn't pick up the moment. Now... Uh, um, it's interesting the amount of times that sleeping is highlighted in the Bible. By the way, nowhere in the Bible, nowhere in the New Testament does it refer to a believer that is dead. You never see it once. Ever when it refers to a believer that is dead, it says they're sleeping. Never, never. The word a dead believer is not in the, is not in the New Testament, right? And so the, the term or the, 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 the concept sleeping, you find in several cases. Now, what I want you guys to consider here is um, there's a different situation a little bit earlier in the life of Jesus where everybody was awake. Everybody was awake except Jesus. It is exactly the opposite of what happened in Golgotha where everybody was sleeping except Jesus. A little bit earlier in his ministry, the exact opposite happened. Jesus, with his disciple, is in a boat, and there's about a storm to come up. And as, just before the storm, Jesus is saying, I'm going to go sleep now. And so, as the storm arose, the disciples are in a major, major panic, right? Threat, worry, Anxiousness grips them completely, and the only one that is sleeping is Jesus. And so that that makes me think, you know, that makes me think. <laughs> I think we get it so often so wrong, you know. We are really so awake when Jesus is sleeping. We are many times so alert and so panicky. And it's become such a major thing. And Jesus is like, what? I mean, and then there's sometimes when Jesus is so alert. This is the moment, guys. 
And we are out of it. We're sleeping. It just go past us. And so I want to address the different states of sleeping. <laughs> and so the first one is Jesus in the boat. And so anxiety and worry. It's interesting. Both of those states, Jesus commands us. In Matthew 6, he says, do not worry. In Philippians 4, he says, do not be anxious for anything. And I, I find myself, we, we had this um, word in the prayer meeting coming out and fixing our eyes on Jesus. Look, if you're a Christian in at least a church similar to this, and you're around for one month, you have heard the words, fix your eyes on Jesus, and everything will be fine. And it's not a new message here. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like even in worship, no, let, let, let's just fix our eyes again on Jesus, right? And, 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 I mean, I don't know what posture we take in. It's like, oh, you know, bending our knees, whatever it is. The sign whether you are fixing your eyes on Jesus is the extent that you carry worry or anxiousness. It's very difficult to worry and be anxious with eyes fixed on Jesus, right? It's very difficult not to sleep in the storm <laughs> like Jesus. When we truly have our eyes fixed on us. And so all the jargon and slogans that comes along with Christianity of what it is to look on Jesus. Ultimately, we need to test our hearts whether it's real. It doesn't, like I said, it doesn't matter how we act in worship. Please continue to express yourself in worship. I'm not saying it's wrong. But the true sign of whether we eyes are fixed on the Lord displays in the way that we live our lives. What's going on in this heart. I keep him in perfect peace, whose heart is set on me, Isaiah 6 verse 3 says. And so I, you know, I, I found myself, my battle to not worry, my battle to, to go to number 7, <laughs> to move from 6 to 7, where I stop worrying and caring. I've, that has been really a battle for me. Um, and I felt like I've conquered some of it, <laughs> right? But I felt like I have had a journey of faith where I learn how to rest in Jesus. Where I've learned how to have peace in Jesus. But a new curveball came to me. Um, where the curveball comes to me, I'm just sharing you my story, is when I am entrusted with other people's lives. Suddenly, it becomes very difficult to trust Jesus for other people as I trust Jesus for myself. I'm honest with you guys. I, I, uh, I said to some leaders on, on Monday that Warren's situation and him stepping out, somehow, somewhere during it, it, it fell on me. I was just like, oh, Jesus, can you please? I, did, oh, I, I don't want to look in Warren's face if he doesn't have any food. Warren, not out food, you know? It's like, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I, I, it, it is suddenly that came upon me. And I knew if it was for me and I heard God, and God told me to do it, I would have not worried. But as soon as it comes to another guy, I, 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 I really worry. Um, a couple of years ago, we, we had a, a situation with a couple in the church that was not, they were not well off. And um, they, they, he'd been working hard in this business. His wife was highly pregnant, um, like it was, it, was, it was soon. And they already had two children. And they came to us and said, listen, they felt in God that they, they must leave their job and um, 
they have an opportunity to start their own business. And there's someone that is willing to invest money into it, like loads of money into it. And this is a perfect situation. What do we feel? And so again, I, I, you know, it's, it's like people does that a lot on you, you know. It's like this, uh, what does God say? Boom, you know. And I, I said, uh, look, I, really, I don't know the answer here. You guys must go with your faith and so on. And um, if you guys ask this question, are you sure that this will happen? Are you sure? Yes, they are sure. We, he, he leaves his job and uh, uh, oh, a couple of days later, someone else phones me and says, listen, that woman that was willing to invest all the money into them has pulled out. There's no money, no job, and there's about a baby to be born. What are you going to do? And suddenly this weight fell upon me, you know. I was like, oh. and I said to Naku, baby, we, we, need to, we, need to, we need to rescue the situation. It's number six. I need to rescue this situation. And I, I said to her, listen, it's okay, you know. They, they should fit into our house. So let's, you know, let, they can come in. The baby can be born in the back or whatever. It's like, we, <laughs> we, we uh, <laughs> I didn't say that. No, no, no. But, <clears throat> but uh, um, I, I was thinking, and as I thought that and spoke to her, I could clearly feel the Lord says, no, I don't want you to do it. And uh, um, that um, I phoned them and I said to them, listen, you need, to, you need to speak to your com. Just don't ask them for money, but just at least explain your situation. You know? <laughs> Maybe people will be moved by compassion. <laughs> you know, I'm like... So, uh, um, I, and I went that, uh, that Wednesday to, to come and just to, to be with the situation. As I got to the house, I could see, I could see this, this, this couple is completely downcast. And I'm like, uh, he, he pulls me aside and says, listen, my wife is so embarrassed. I'm so embarrassed. This is so bad. We just don't have to, we just, we just can't share it to the calm and we don't feel like we, we actually don't want you to do it as well yeah no, now, now all my plans are finished here I'm thinking I'd, uh, so I'm I'm, uh, I, I'm worried you know you sit in the calm and uh, calm goes 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 and right at the calm another couple comes to me and says listen they need to speak to me about something which they also would do regularly, and I'm like, oh, shucks, another couple. <laughs> like, all right, I'm bracing myself for it, and uh, um, everybody leaves, and this couple stays behind, and they said to me, listen, um, actually God has been speaking to us. We've had this one couple on our heart, the couple that I was being worried about. I'm like, yeah, yeah, we have. And, uh, you know, we've got two cars. I'm like, yeah. And I don't know, I'm just submitting this to you. But I felt the Lord said, we must sell our one car and give all the money to that couple. I'm like, you've, you've definitely heard God. <laughs> but it was, it was amazing for me, you know. In, in, the, in, the, in the storm, our God 
cut off every, every plan that I could have. I mean, every plan that the disciples could settle that boat. Jesus would, would cut off. But the, the question still is, can we move from six to seven? Can we move to the place of, uh, of resting and, 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 and relying on Jesus? Right? Keep that thought. Because I think Jesus wants to minister to a couple of people that are right now panicking on that ship. And guess what? Jesus is sleeping. You can even be offended with him sleeping. Don't you know? The disciples was offended. Don't you see what's going on here? It's winds, it's storms and rain. And here you are sleeping. I know some of you feel like that, right? Alright, but we, we, we're going to trust Jesus that you will go and lay right next to him in the middle of the storm and see how he quiets it, alright? Number two is the, the, the moment in Golgotha. You know, I just want to say, you know, there is so many things at this time that is so many causes that's awakening us to get worked up and to get excited up. All of us here have causes that makes us want to fight or makes us want to do something, right? So, whether... The, the, the world is the world right now is rallying people I'm saying the world this, that sounds so people <laughs> is rallying us for different causes at this moment all over the earth climate change, racism social injustices there are millions of things that is finding groups to, to, to work us up I'm, I'm I'm going to pick on Samuel a little bit here. But, but uh, um, Sam- <laughs> Samuel has been able. Samuel will wake up late at night to watch a Liverpool game. <laughs> now, now, just for a moment, just, just consider that. He'll speak about it a lot. He will consider it a lot. He will tell me a lot about it. I would sleep at 12 o'clock and then suddenly hear a shout. And then I know Liverpool has scored a goal. <laughs> Right? Sometimes he can't help it and he will run into my room and says, Papa, Papa, let's go to go. <laughs> right? So, so just consider it for a moment. He has no relationship to anybody in Liverpool. He doesn't have a friend there. He doesn't have a family there. It's not his local town. It's not his local city. It's a place completely on the other side of the world. There is a certain saying, a certain, and they kick a ball. And somehow, somehow, this fanaticism of what they do has pulled him in and caused him to be awake. And caused him to give a, you know, as, 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 as build a cause in him. Now, I'm, I'm just speaking on him. He will, if he can have this mic, he will make so much fun of me now. <laughs> but he doesn't. So for now, all right. <laughs> so, so I, 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 I see in the church and I see in the world causes is, is, is pulling us to all kinds of directions. And I wonder when the causes, when the, when the times of heaven is written, not Fox, not CNA, not News 24, when truly what is happening in heaven, what is moving the Lord right now, that what is newsworthy, that I don't know how many of us will be just asleep to it. 
And Jesus will move right past us without the, 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 the fanfare, the, the, the lights, the cameras, the action. And we will miss the moment. We will sleep when He is moving or when He is doing something. And so I want to ask that in this one, will we please be awake? <laughs> May Jesus awake us to what He is awakened to. May we be moved what moves Him. Right. Third one. So I'm going to read to you guys John 11 verse 11. <laughs> we have to actually read Bible now. So from a book. Oh, baby, can you? So John 11, 11. You guys have cell phones, so maybe you guys can can. Or those that has a, a Bible here. Vian, do you have a Bible here? <laughs> I thought more of you, Bian. <laughs> okay, John, John 11, 11. I'm, I'm going to give us time and we can quickly go there. <clears throat> All right, here we go. Um, this he said, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. But I go so that I may awaken him out of the sleep. Okay. You, you, you guys know the story of Lazarus. We are very familiar with it. Jesus' best buddy is not just sick. The reports come he's sick. Jesus again is not moved. Jesus is sleeping again. He's not moved. And uh, um, in the meanwhile... Lazarus dies. And again, Jesus is actually slack in the way that he moves. He's not moved by the need at all. <laughs> at all. And then he says to them, look, Lazarus is asleep. Let's go and wake him up. And then when he finally gets to the place where Lazarus is in Bethany, Lazarus is dead already three days. And he speaks to Lazarus' sister. And this is what he says. Jesus, verse 23, sorry, uh, uh, John 11, verse 23. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. All right. Then Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I'm the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of the God, Son of God, even he who comes into the world. Let me just ask you, let's just consider here the, the, the where Jesus is and where Martha is. Jesus says, Jesus says, I will raise Lazarus up. What would you have thought? I mean, I, I would have thought, I, I, I mean, I, like with Martha has a good theology. She believes in the resurrection of the dead. She believed there is heaven after this earth. And she says to him, yes, I believe that, Jesus. But that, in this instance, was not what Jesus was referring to. Now, I want to tell you guys something about my journey again. So, one of the things that I have contended for in Christianity is to be content. I've learned, as Paul would say, I've tried to, 
I've learned whether I've got a lot or whether I've got little, that I will still be content in Jesus. Now, I've, over time, really, really have learned that even in disappointments, I will turn to the Lord and find my satisfaction and peace with Him. But what has subtly happened in my heart is I have steered away from anything that could possibly disappoint me. And in that way, stop trusting the Lord to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. I know everything will be better in heaven. I know all things will be changed in heaven. What Martha says. Martha's deflecting the power that God wants to reveal in her life in this time. Now, one of the things that I've learned with um, the difference in generations is young believers, don't try and change it, just, just go with what I said, you have to go for the journey. Young believers is naive in some ways, and again, the difference between fantasy and dreams and visions is so close. So much of what is the Lord says is really my fantasy, right? And after a while of walking with the Lord, they, I mean, if, if anybody's walked with the Lord longer than 10 years here, and you've, yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> Stewie has walked with the Lord longer than 10 years. Right? Come on, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I can say with full confidence that Stewie, that has walked with the Lord longer than 10 years, have been disappointed. And Stewie has, at some stage, thought things will turn out in a way that it didn't turn out. And in some ways, he's disappointed, has disappointment. If you serve the Lord longer than 10 years, that's your story, definitely. I, I know. I've not seen anybody that all their fantasies has come true. It's not. And I just want to warn young people, your fantasy is not going to come true. It's not going to happen as you hope, in that sense, right? And here's the thing. As we go through that, the way that we start protecting ourselves is to withdraw from faith. And what we do is we just start being settling for, I'm content in the Lord. And so there was a time in my life that I had not as much fruit and I'm not meaning I did sin and so on, but the, the fruitfulness of God was not bursting out of me. And I settled to be content with it. I said, Jesus, you are enough for me. And Jesus says, I'm the resurrection and the life. I want you to be fruitful. What's wrong with you? And this is the same trick as Martha. Life is not going to happen, guys, when you die. Can't wait for heaven. I understand. <laughs> But there's something and somewhere in here where dry bones should not be called dead, but should be called sleeping, and it's time to wake the dry bones up. (laughs) It's time to see an army again, and not merely settle that at least it will be great in heaven. As God wants to call an army on the land of the living. Right? And so I'm, I'm going to 
I feel like God wants to work with some of you guys here on that thing. The last, the last one. Okay, we need to go open our Bibles again. Ephesians, Ephesians 5. <coughs> I think it's verse 14. I'll let me read the verse and then I'll, I'll make a few comments on it. It says, For this reason, it says, Ephesians 5:14, Awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. Now, as, a, as born-again believers, I don't know uh, if you guys have had this experience. This has definitely been my experience, and this is most commonly the experience of most people that I've, I've heard. I, of course, had no passion for the Lord before I was a Christian. <laughs> In fact, it was very, very much the opposite. I had no desire to worship. I, <laughs> I had no desire to read my Bible, no desire to pray. I was dead to God, completely. And then Jesus comes into my heart, and I got alive to God. Suddenly, I've got a passion. I just want to worship. I just want to read my Bible. Literally, when I just got saved, up till that time, I got saved at the age of 22. I think I've read two books in my whole life, which was prescribed reading. I was forced to read it. I was not a reader. I didn't like it at all. The day I got saved, I started reading, and I couldn't stop reading. I couldn't get enough of the Bible. I was eating it like I couldn't help it. Worship was, it's, it's like, <laughs> I, I, I used to be a little bit in the rave scene, and then after I got saved, I started raving for Jesus, you know. <laughs> started worshiping and, and, and so on. And once, it was very cheesy, but I said it once this this one of my friend's mom, so he, like this, this guy's changed a lot. So she's asking me, and she said, I said to her, you know, Tani, the feeling that I have when I worship Jesus cannot be compared to any drug or any rave, you know. And that was genuine the truth for me, you know. It was this, this, the life of God started bursting up in me, and it started expressing itself. Now I'm going to be honest with you guys. A couple of years down the line, the passion was gone. A couple of years down the line, I did not find it so exciting to pray every morning. I didn't need an alarm. Now I needed seven to get up to pray. It, it, it just wasn't there. And the more I then said to the Lord, Lord, I cannot do it. You need to work it within me. It's you, Lord. It's you that needs to generate this passion. It's you that needs to generate the desire. There was a calling for me. I cannot, it's like Paul would say, I cannot preach. It was like fire shut up in my bones. I couldn't. I had to. I will die if I don't. Suddenly that fire is gone. And I'm like, God, give me the fire back. God, give me the passion back. And I, I, uh, um, I once spoke to Naka's dad, he's this old, wise Japanese pastor serving the Lord for, like, forever. 
And he, uh, um, I explained to him my, my struggle, you know. I said to him, listen, I, I had this, this desire that God has worked in me. And then I just, it just came. It just flowed out of me. And I need that passion back. I need that desire back. I cannot do it. God needs to do it. It's like very, I mean, that's, that's quite a noble thing to say. And her dad says to me, there is, there is two mountains every believer needs to conquer. The first mountain is the inward, outward mountain. The second mountain is the outward, inward mountain. So how God always works, you can never change the order of these mountains. It's always first inward and then outward. He first generates a passion for us. He first burns a call in us that comes out. And by the way, Ephesians is the book that explains it better than any other book in the Bible. It first tells us who we are in Christ, what we've done, and then he says, now let it flow out of you. But that book that creates and sets for us the inward, outward mountain is then in verse 5. Listen to this. Listen to, and chapter 5. Listen to this. Awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine his light on you. This is the opposite. It says, you step out. You stir up, and then Christ will shine His light upon you. I, I then, in that time that I was wrestling, I felt the Lord said to me, uh, I, I could feel that God wanted me to pray again. And I said to Jesus, Jesus, I don't have the desire to pray. Just work it in me. Come on, Lord, just work it in me. And again, as clear as can be, I heard the Lord say, just pray. <laughs> it was like, stop moaning, just pray. But give me that feeling. Give me that desire. Give me that thing. Give me that fire. Just pray. You awake. And so as I then awake, and as I start praying, Jesus' light shine upon me again. The fire was restored to me. Some of us here, the passion has died. Dead passion. And we're all going, oh, Jesus, I can't do it. Just restore that passion again. No, awake, sleeper. Arise, and Christ will shine His light on you again. Some of us has a calling here. <laughs> that at some stage in your young Christian walk, there was something that was birthed in God that you couldn't keep in unless you do it. That passion is gone. Jesus, please, just, 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 just let it burn again in you. No. Arise. Wake up. Shine. Step out. And you will find how His passion is restored to you. How many of you have found, I mean, this is a simple example. How many, of, I mean, most of you had this experience when you were a young believer. Flip it burned in you, you couldn't but. I mean, you, 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 when you worship, you could, if you could have jumped through the roof, you would have. I mean, it is just, nothing could contain what was going in here. How many of you years later don't have that? <laughs> it's just so easy to just go settle. <laughs> of Jesus, I can only do what Jesus makes me do, you know. 
If he doesn't create the passion, what can I do? Right? I tell you, I tell you that same experience. If you would come and awake, if you would come and arise, even though there is no, and I say it, feeling. You're not hypocritical. You're not a lie. Does Jesus deserve the glory? Whether you feel like it or not? (laughs) Of course. So whether I feel like it or not, I'm going to rise and shine. And as I do it, I feel the light of Jesus. I feel the passion. I feel it restored to me again. I stir it up. (laughs) I stir the passion up in stepping out when I don't feel it. Listen, guys, I know some of us has conquered that first mountain, but you're sitting between those two mountains, sleeping. Jesus, wake me. Jesus, come and do it. Come and do it. No, it's time to. (laughs) It's time to arise. It's time to shine. All right.